Good morning, Mario Radio. You have passed the test. You have entered the gate. Welcome, one and all, to the Weeaboo Corner. My name is Best Boy. I am your tour guide. I'm your butler. I'm here to serve you fresh, delicious, mm, delicious, mm, can you taste it? Mm, delicious anime. Sweet, sweet, fair, honest anime. It's a good life, my man. It's Anime for you, anime for your friends, for your family, anime for your dog. Sit your dog down in front of the TV, show him some anime. Dog will love Naruto, I promise you the dog will love Naruto. Favourite character, Choji, hands down. So what do we do on this channel? I review an anime that is controversially unrecommended, highly regarded or easily forgotten, and we watch subbed or dubbed anime. And the layout is Netflix original. Echi, Slice of Life, Isekai, and Familiar Show, which is anything that you might have seen before, you know, around Kill la Kill to maybe even Gurren Lagan, Foodie Coolie, etc., etc., something for the family, you know, something for the kids, something for the mans. I release this podcast once every fortnight on uh, Saturday. I uh, I receive that victory royale, I, I get that W, I... Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, we have a point system in this in this cast. It is separated into ten sections uh, by coherence, storyline, gripping storyline. In fact, memorable characters, world building, final awakening, fan service, or plot, as we like to believe it's called. Beach episode, which is very important. Emotional moments and music. Also, and funny. Funny is a category in this, which is surprisingly not under emotional moments, because sometimes funny is just funny. So, that's the business, my guy. Let's, let's dive into the pool. Imagine you've got a heist movie where someone says, we need a plan. And then we've also got the story of Camelot, King Arthur and Merlin mixed with Babe the Sheep Pig and Fairy Tale. Um, in one big old witch's cauldron with a huge ass Netflix ladle. That's correct, lads. We are here talking about Netflix's original Seven Deadly Sins season one. Now, what can I say about this movie that hasn't been said about modern art? <laughs> okay, maybe not that. It's uh, it's so hard to not enjoy this show. I had such fun enjoying this there were so many characters and everything that i had so much fun uh, being a part of it felt like i was really truly a part of this team if not i always felt like i was watching i was on the sidelines just admiring everything that was going on the the lore of this show felt so perfectly placed everything in the timeline of this show feels so pristinely pinpointed it's so difficult to find any plot holes in this entire thing through season one that it's almost as if they had an actual timeline and put pins in there just to know out exactly where things would happen so that nothing overlaps and I think that it's so coherently fantastic. Seven Deadly Sins is about 26 episodes of pure straight plot. I'm talking titties, I'm talking arse, I believe Elizabeth, who is a complete stranger, who you really shouldn't think that hard about, she wears no underwear on a few situations, a few occasions, and she, oh, it's a great time. Deanne, best girl, she's the BFG, she's the big old giant, she turns small at some point, and I believe the first thing she does is she flashes her underwear, so good shit, man, hell yeah, best girl. 
Now, let's talk about some more of the characters. We have uh, Barn, uh, King Simp, he is the uh, uh, fox sin of uh, greed. I believe he is just the absolute worst. <laughs> I couldn't find, uh, I couldn't find a single situation in which I was like, hmm, kind of like this guy. Uh, never, well, you know, he he had some traits. I'll, I'll give him that. I w I did find myself laughing a lot at this show. It has so much, it has so much personality. The music in it has me so immersed into the world. I found. It's so difficult to not be so engorged by this absolute stellar, beautiful series. There was so much to love and so little to just openly dislike without forcing yourself to actually not like the world. I feel like it's such a waste to take a look at this show and feel like, not for me, no, no, no. If anything, give it the uh, six episode rule if you don't like it by then, I fair enough, Doug, do you. But ultimately, this show is 100% worth watching. I have bigged this show up for so long since I've watched it, and I only watched it about a week and a half ago. Realistically, I wish I watched this show sooner. It's currently got, I believe, a movie, uh, uh, two more seasons in it. I'm so excited to see what it holds. I'm definitely going to hold another review for the uh, upcoming amount of uh, uh, content when it comes to this. I think it's very important to see exactly what happens next with the introduction of King Arthur and Merlin and the whole idea of Camelot and the entire of that kind of Excalibur world just being introduced as not only just a plot point but an entire extra part of world building. Now, the actual world building of the series besides Camelot, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing, honestly. I don't remember any of the names of the towns, any of the, uh, a lot of the names of the characters. Some characters were absolute throwaways despite the fact that they were so expertly designed. So let's speedline directly into the, the character design. I have never seen character design this clear. Every single character has such distinct differences and personalities. It's so hard to find characters that are the same in any way whatsoever. I had fallen absolutely in love with Deanne the Giant. There's really not a lot of giants. I believe that there's actually a shortage of a lot of races when it comes to people like fairies, giants. I believe fairies were actually a race that were massive but then ultimately they had been sought out and and, uh, and murdered for their wings which is another subplot which I've got I've got to talk about the filler filler in this show is so minimal you really rarely see any filler if if at all that doesn't correspond to a different character in the show that you're already following so there is some filler involving the Fountain of Youth and Barn, the Fox Sin of Greed. And you, on the face of it, it kind of seems like it's just a, a, a little, you know, take you away from the main plot for a second. But it's not. It's, I promise you that. It's absolutely not. This is so important to the plot, to the story of Barn. It really, really reveals as a character that he's not absolutely an entire dickhead. He's only a lot of the time an absolute dickhead 
and I feel like this is an important part of the character to reveal. So let's talk about the villains. What's the villains like? The villains are, uh, as you say, uh, terrible. Bad guy, he gets kind of, uh, I guess the bad guy's the bad guy. The bad guy kind of becomes the worst guy. So there's that. The important thing to remember is that it's not about the bad guys, it's about the friendships we made along the way. The friendships we made along the way are pretty awesome, actually. I found that uh, Hawk was a very valuable character. Hawk is actually the uh, sheep pig, the, the tavern... Uh, what's his name? He's the, 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 <laughs> he's the master of scraps disposal because he's a pig. He eats all... <laughs> He eats all the scraps. So that's the perfect character trait. I actually think he's probably best boy in the series. Sorry guys, that's just how it is. I don't make the rules, but I do believe that there should be a beach episode in every single show. Where is the beach episode in this? I think we'll find that there's going to be a lot more watchability in the show. If there's a damn beach episode, I want to see plot. I know you know what I'm talking about. So ultimately, let's give the show a verdict. Okay, so... The 10 sections, the 10 commandment. Let's hit him with the coherence. Yes. Gripping storyline. Absolutely. Gripping. Memorable characters. <sighs> i got to say yes. I know all of the Seven Sins' names off by heart. And I can ultimately picture them so quickly just by name. And that is shocking. World building? Uh, I'm, I would have to say yes. There is definitely a... a a lot of world building when it comes to the absolute world around us the the world that they're they're giving us is so difficult to find a situation in which something isn't explained because if you find something is uh, spoken about it is automatically explained there and after or if not soon so there's a lot of world building is there a final awakening is there a final awakening yes there is Meliodas actually achieves a final awakening sometime in the series and then uh, does it again a hell of a lot soon after. So had a fantastic time doing that. I think his final awakening is probably the most interesting because his final awakening kind of corresponds to the final awakening of the main villain who you uh, see the final awakening of his, I believe, in the last two episodes, which is more than just exciting to watch, but is phenomenal to experience. Now, is there fan service? Absolutely. Is there a beach episode? No. Big point loss. Emotional moments? I've got to say, the emotional moments are actually really difficult to pinpoint in the show to a point where a lot of the characters are so comedic and so comical that it's so hard to pinpoint a situation in which you could feel like, oh yeah, this is uh, a moment in which I could probably cry at. Sometimes it's just, it's just, it's really no, I'm sorry about that. But it was hilarious. I give it but a point for the funnies. It really had me smiling, exhaling out of my nose a good amount, but there were a fair amount of moments in which I just bust out laughing, bro. It was incredible. It's, it's worth it. The music in the show fully had me wanting to download this soundtrack. I oh I wish there was more music in the show in a sense I just loved it. I wish there was so much more. I wish they just had thousands of songs in this. Just the way that it's orchestrated truly had me wishing I was in this world. So what's the final verdict on the show? We're gonna have to say it's a solid 9 out of 10. Solid 9 out of 10. 
We are going to go directly, directly, speedlining into Monster Musumune. Now, what can I say about Monster Musumune? I... Uh, the thing about Seven Deadly Sins is you could openly say the entire plot because it's a plot-driven show. Monster Musumune is a slice-of-life, etchy harem show uh, about uh, Kimihito or Darling, Honey, Baby Cakes, Sugar Tits, Sweet Cheeks, Daddy Bear. He runs a brothel in the centre of town where people come and review sex with interspecies. No, sorry, that's the wrong show. Sugar Tits is the owner of a house that is uh, quote-unquote mistakenly adopted upon a lamia with kind of intimidating breasticles. After my man uh, eventually stumbles upon another monster girl being a harpy, his luck increases kind of exponentially as nearly every single episode he finds another interspecies hoe to fall, head over heels, sometimes hooves, at his very human feet. Lucky for us, <laughs> lucky for us, bro. It is illegal, aggressively illegal to smash, but it is also illegal for the monsters to fight humans, but not illegal for them to hold humans hostage. So I suppose there are loopholes. This is a part of the series, I suppose. It's just something we have to come to terms with. Honestly, it is an anime that you really have to take every single episode with a glass of salt, a whole last pint, maybe even a litre of salt. Sit back, accept the world as it is. Uh, everyday life with monster girls is definitely not for under 18. I can't stress this enough. There is bare titties, bare exposed areola in the first episode. Now, I wanted to believe there is no best girl whatsoever. Um, let me name the girls. I can't name the girls. Let me list off the girls. We have a Lamia. We have a Harpy. A Centaur. A Slime Girl. That's, ooh, oh, goodness, that's Slime Girl. And uh, a Spider Girl. And then we have a Doolahan. Doolahan is like Selty from uh, Durarara, but with the head. I think uh, the way she's introduced is she has no head. Uh, oh, who else as well? There's an ogre, a cyclops, and a zombie. Yes. And a doppelganger. That was also very interesting. Uh, all of these people are girls. For some reason, we see minimal monster men. But that's fine, though. That's fine. I wanted to see monster titties anyway. That's completely understandable. You do see a zombie titty. It is exactly how you dreamed. <laughs> now, I have a note here that says, No best girl whatsoever. I kind of want to beg to differ. Slime Girl is kind of best girl. I think her name is Sue. Um, couldn't stress this enough. Slime Girl is 100% best girl. I have a note here that says best boy has a leg fetish. This is entirely correct. He is a cultured man. Uh, when he finally meets the Spider Girl, he's not only just like overcome with emotions. He's he's uh, he's just flustered. He's officially just he'd never seen this many legs before and i kind of want to fuck with it it made me want to appreciate spiders but get those things away from me i'm sorry but not really i also have a note here that says not once do we see slime pussy this is correct we actually don't see a lot of pussy i think um no no as far as i know we don't see any pussy whatsoever 
it's I think that's good. I think for a show like this, you don't really want to see pussy. The moment you do, it instantly becomes hentai. So this is, I don't know, you can maybe watch this when you're in high school, dark. Fuck about, dude. Enjoy your life and watch bare monster titties. You might even think that you've got a snake fetish. There is plenty plot in the titty area, but there is no beach episode. Ultimately, how am I going to point this when it doesn't have so many things? Uh, coherence. You know what? No, not really. Sorry. Gripping storyline. I finished it. It didn't have a storyline. Memorable characters. I, the slime girl, dog. Yes. World building. From day one, I knew that the world was as it was. Uh, I'm going to say yes to world building. Final awakening. There is none. Not one character achieves a final awakening. Uh, is there fan service? Is there plot? Of course there is. There's no beach episode. There is... I mean, I guess if you're an absolute winger, there might be emotional moments. The music, run of the mill. I couldn't think about anything to do with the music. Is it funny? A little bit. A little bit. How will we point this? Monster Musumune gets a whopping, a hilarious four points. Cool, so we're diving directly into the beautiful safe arms of sadism here. What is Blend S about? Now Blend S is an anime about a cafe, it's a slice of life anime based around a themed cafe around otaku tendencies which revolves around sadism, uh, cindereism, uh, little sisterism, uh, emotoism even. Uh, big sisterism and uh, being a trap, straight up being a fucking trap. So, so, so we have a ragtag team of Power Rangers out here being traps and also kind of working in the cafe. So it's a good life. I just want to point out that only one of them is a trap and you have to find out exactly who because I don't, I don't really feel like it. I, I, I like the surprise. But let's talk about the characters real quick. We got Micah, she's the uh, sadistic type. We have Kaho, she is the Cindere. Matthew is the little sister, the Emoto. Uh, Miyu is the big sister, and Hideri is actually the idol. Everyone loves Hideri for some reason. I also love Hideri. Weak ass flower. I want to protect her forever. And, <laughs> and uh, there's nothing to look into there. <laughs> so that's all good fun. Now let's talk about the kitchen stuff. Dino and Kaho. Dino is the manager of the of the entire cafe, and he actually goes out of his way to uh, to hire uh, Micah by openly going up to her in the middle of the street and telling her that he's madly in love with her. <laughs> so, so he's got a lot of passion. I have to respect it. Really, I do. I don't have much of a not that much of a choice. It's that he doesn't need me much choice. He is such a respectable person. Now. Uh, uh, Koyo. Koyo is the other kitchen staff. He's very, very into his work. He cares about what he does and he's very, very passionate about how he does it. He wants to make sure that everything's running pretty much smoothly. But the important thing about Koyo is that he is also an absolute... Uh, I believe he's a gamer boy? Yeah, I don't think there's much else to it. I think he... Yeah, yeah, he watches hella anime and such to a point where before he got this job he never spoke to a girl. Relatable content, man. I didn't know anime had to hit this deep. But here we are, in the near distant future. We, I want to talk about Ona. 
Ona is the owner of the shop, and Ona doesn't actually show up until about episode 10, maybe even episode 9. So that's something to look forward to, is you actually see the owner of the cafe. Beautiful stuff. Having multiple characteristics, making every single episode clearly so individual, has really, really put this ep- series so high up in my list of my favourite slice of life when it comes to uh, how much I not only just get infatuated, but how hooked I get so quickly. The best girl comes in first episode, man. You can't deny that kind of influence. But Micah being an accidental sadist is beyond genius. I'm going to spoil a part of the first episode for you because, uh, you know, it might help. So, uh, on her first day working, Micah says to a customer... No, 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 Micah doesn't say to a customer. Micah actually, um, she... Uh, blows up a ketchup bottle in front of the customer and the customer's clothes get covered in ketchup and uh, she's like she's like panicking in her head she's like oh my god I, I, I fucked it up what do I do what do I do and then she just looks down at this customer and just says filthy and they fucking love the shit bro <laughs> having a great time uh, at the end of that bit when they are leaving she says thank you please never come here again and I think that is honestly the most perfect way to end uh, going to a cafe, it's a, it's a perfect experience, I do want to be insulted in a cafe, and not only that, I also just want to be banished forever, dude, please, for the love of God. So not one episode is ever really truly the same, however, I do need to stress this, there is a beach episode, we can clap guys, thank you so much, we actually finally made it, so we have a beach episode, I actually think there's nearly two. There's kind of two beach episodes because the other one is actually a snowboarding snow episode which isn't Christmas but you know it is what it is. Now the best girl being kind of jaded is her entire character being oblivious which adds to her being best girl. Regardless of the fact that there's not really a lot of plot in the titty area, the plot actually genuinely comes from interpersonal relationships. So, despite the fact that we see people getting introduced for the first time, we also see that some people have already been introduced for the first time, such as uh, Koyo and Kaho, who, uh, uh, if you remember, she's the sadist, the Cinderé uh, girl and the kitchen staff. They actually have a kind of thing for each other. I, uh, I'm certain. I, I have to be certain. I'm convinced. So let's give this good old rating. This show had me mad. The show had me rolling, I promise. <laughs> it's, it was, oh goodness. Honestly, if I could trade a good amount of time to watch this TV show again, I would. I would openly go out of my way. I might actually just do it again next week when I've got a little bit of free time. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the, the, the score. Coherence, absolutely. Gripping storyline. Yes, I'd say. Memorable characters, uh-huh. World building. Well, I suppose the world is Cafe Stile. Final Awakening. Uh, receiving a dog does not count as a final awakening, nor does changing into cosplay, so that's not. Plot slash fan service, no, because that actually comes from the uh, memorable characters bit with the uh, interpersonal relationships. Uh, the beach episode, absolutely. Emotional moments, I did nearly cry, kind of, but Micah being really, really oblivious, super kind of takes that away from the entire series in a way. The music. Oh lord, I still listen to that OP to this day. Oh my god. The funnies, the catchiness. I'm going to openly have to give this entire series an 8 out of 10 on my scale. So, praise the lord for Blend S everyone. Thank you. Once again, 
round of applause. Thank you so much, Blenders. You did it. You did it. 8 out of 10. Woohoo! We're going to leap directly into the sweet, cold embrace of death with ReZero. Now, ReZero is about Subaru Natsuki who leaves a convenience shop, closes his eyes for a solid second, and wakes up in an entirely different magical world. Now, why is this anime so flawlessly executed? Well, because every single boy's dream just fuck off. <laughs> and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Now, my man enters the world with nothing but a couple noodles. I think he has a magazine. He has no cell phone reception, but he has to share. He's got the clothes on his back and he's got a dream. A dream to be a high level, at least. Maybe. Maybe. The first episode is actually 46 minutes long, which actually says a huge hell of a lot when it comes to episodes with 46 or so minutes. When you think about things like Rise of the Shield Hero, Stories that are about 46 or so minutes long for the first episode kind of need that time to fully explain the plot of the series in a way that doesn't disinterest you, nor does it explain too much. It shows you straight exactly what you need to see. And I think that the execution of this show, when it comes to the plot and the way that it was supposed to be executed in the first place, was almost incredibly beautiful. I found myself so engrossed in the, the, the not just the story but where it's going to go soon I want to know exactly why this happened in the previous episode I want to know what's happening I need to know what's going to happen the amount of times I kept on pressing next episode because I had to see exactly what's going on let's talk about why this is so full of excitement and and, and mystery when it comes to what the next day will hold. Subaru actually experiences something which is sort of a witch's curse to a point where every single time he dies, he wakes up the previous day with full memories of everything that's going to happen in the upcoming future up until his death if he follows that road once again. So we hope to all hell that he actually uses his power for investigative purposes, but alas, he actually uses it to be a, a complete uh, simp for uh, Amelia, who is the, I believe she is a candidate for the King Games, which is kind of like, uh, I don't know, I guess just a bunch of, bunch of hella people just wanting to be king, dude, hell yeah. Sounds interesting. So let's talk about a little bit of the characters. Let's talk about best girl and worst girl. Let's talk about why. And let's not get too deep into it because I heard that there's actually a lot of uh, a lot of controversy, a lot of questions, and a lot of argument when it comes to who's best girl in the series. I just want to come clean. It is not Rem, nor is it Rom. I'm not counting them as best girl. Unfortunately, best girl is going to have to go to Amelia. She looks like the only person of age, and I do not trust anyone else. Thank you very much. Emilia has the nicest face. She's half elf. She got the booty. She got the plot. Bruh, what does Rem and Rom have, bruh? Two Lolita maids. I've seen this before. I'm probably going to die. And you might even receive a little surprise from one of them later on in the series if you decide to watch it. Don't, do not 
pass off a show like this. This show has such influence when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the murder. To when it when it comes to how brutal it does not hold back. It is full of all the all all the violence that a lot of these isekais don't actually have. It really puts you in a position where uh, Sword Art Online really does look like a video game. It really emphasizes that this isn't a video game. There is blood. There is destruction. There is hell on earth, and we are experiencing it. And it's from here that we have to make a solid decision on what to do next. And I think that that entire plot as it is, is so amazing. The problem, again, is that Subaru is such an absolute simp. He has no idea how to utilize this in not just his everyday life, but how to utilize this as a, as any kind of, <laughs> as, as any kind of necessary part of the day. Like you, you can go out of your way to, know what's going to happen next because you've experienced it four or five times you don't just uh, wake up brush your teeth and think okay if i if i hide in a room for this long maybe no one will kill me this time come on man come on man come on i felt like there were so many situations i felt subaru was the shinji ikari of the show in a way that he is representable of a real person you can almost picture him being an actual person in the world who is experiencing all these emotions he has died he felt the pain of dying and he just doesn't want to experience that again and to see someone with this much fear in his eyes you can almost see from episode one all the way up until episode 13 the light drained from his eyes so fast it is almost disgusting to see if you've seen rise of the shield hero you'll almost definitely see a lot of uh, influence when it comes to that where uh, a man's life has taken away from him so fast that all hope for the future almost drains is ultimately no longer living it's survival and it is a very very beautiful uh, metaphor realistically felt like it was a lot of a lot of suspense when it came to this this show felt like it was almost inspired by a lot of psychological thrillers as well the amount of crazy face I've seen, the angles on this show, I feel even worse for Subaru whenever they get that, that big zoom in, oh, good lord, good lord, save this man, please take this man away, he doesn't deserve this, we, <laughs> we need a hero, we have a simp, <laughs> so let's hit a verdict, let's hit a whole last verdict, so, the coherence, oh lord, the coherence, I loved it, I couldn't help but try so hard to follow the coherence more than what was actually being given to me. Following the story never felt more like it was not only just holding my hand, but it was kind of letting go at times as well. I really felt like I really truly had to follow it with my own eyes and not only just with my ears. And I felt like that really kept me even more immersed into the series. I really felt like I had to keep all of my focus onto the screen. The moment I took my focus on the screen, I had to rewind at 30 whole seconds just to get straight back into that immersion. And that makes a good show. I could not think about doing anything else while watching the show. But the storyline, was truly something to marvel at the storyline truly had me 
really needing to know what's going to happen next. The problem is the characters are the characters. Man. Leave me alone with these characters. Amelia is almost a completely cardboard box. <laughs> Rem and Rom are also cardboard box. And Subaru is King Simp. We will never experience anything as as flawless as um, Beatrice. Beatrice was all oh, blood Beatrice. You can't talk about Beatrice, bro. I'm gonna get sent to jail. She was honestly. If I was to call her best girl, I wouldn't be wrong because Beatrice is. Um, she reminds me of a good amount of characters that honestly just don't control their mouth and I fuck with it bro, give me that good attitude man, hell yes. The world building in this show, although it was very minimal because it did focus so much on Subaru, uh, at, you know, uh, doing his old runaround, it didn't really give a lot of uh, opportunity to expand on the world a lot. Sometimes we found my character running through circles, running around circles, only to come back into the same place and we wonder how small is the world. But maybe they're just running around in circles in the first place. So, you know, it's, you know, can't, can't figure it out. The final awakening, none. Sorry, bud. Although, Subaru does learn magic and I think his magic is actually kind of interesting. He, what does he learn? Shadow magic? Very interesting. No final awakening though. However, we are only watching up to episode 13. I'm hitting the rest of the 13 episodes sometime in the near future. So the fan service, the plot, the plot does not exist. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I'm actually sorry for myself. I'm, I just wish there was fan service in this. But I, I completely put all my faith in that show with no fan service is a show with entire plot. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. Now the beach episode, none. Emotional moments, there is. There is actually surprisingly emotional moments. I felt fully emotional watching Subaru die. And I could actually kind of feel it at the same time. I honestly genuinely felt myself clutching at my stomach whenever Subaru got stabbed in the damn... Oh, good luck. Oh, I don't want to feel that again. No, thank you. Get out of here with that. The music in the show is definitely very, very beautiful. However, I forgot about it after the moment the episode ended. Whoops. Is this show funny? Sometimes. It's not like Plunderer episode one funny, but it's definitely, it holds to its own humour. It definitely does not derive from its own humour. I believe that a lot of the humour is based on the fact that Subaru believes he's funny and therefore you're, you know, you're supposed to laugh at him for being an absolute dingweed, but unfortunately he's not that funny, so everything he does is usually in the name of love or in the name of just being an absolute idiot. Let's give this a final score, shall we? Let's give this a uh, 100% 6 out of 10. I'd, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. For now, we'll give it a 6 out of 10. We'll, we'll move on, we'll move on. Created by Shinichiro Watanabe, who wrote Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, Space Dandy is a series about a dandy guy in space cruising the huge waves of space with the space crew QT and Meow in space. So off the bat, Space Dandy is the ultimate masterpiece and can only be explained as such, following themes that you would never believe could be followed looking at the show from face value. Underneath all the hilarious wisecracks and witty, quick, back-and-forth humour is a deep and repressive show about a man running from his past towards a brighter future and never truly making it. 
So as it follows the Cowboy Bebop formula, there's a lot of inconsistency when it comes to the show, which is eventually sometimes followed up in on season 2. However, even though the episodes and the layout is inconsistent, we are always given the same dandy, which is... Whew, good lord. It doesn't matter what happens, baby. Dandy always comes back to boobies tomorrow. So now we've got to talk about the world building. Oh lord, the world building. So, the one thing that you need to know is that the world, there is one thing that matters, one thing only. That's boobies, baby. Boobies is a restaurant chain somewhat similar to Hooters and it is conveniently placed in every single universe to which it is Space Dandy's sole mission to go to every single boobies across the galaxy. There's possibly the funniest moments in anime history. I could point out about 5 to 10. However, I'd probably just name off every single episode of Space Dandy as I've literally not watched one episode without laughing out loud at least once. It is such an absolute stellar work of human art. Just everything, everything you could possibly ask for in life is right there under the name Space Dandy. <laughs> That's all you could ever need. Dandy is an ass man. This is actually explained in the first episode of the series when we hear Dandy say something along the lines of everyone's always talking about the boobies but talk about what really matters. It's all about the booty baby. And I think he actually contradicts himself later on in the series when he says something dumb along the lines of everyone's always talking about the booty but it's the boobies that really matter all times baby. And then someone, I believe it's QT says <laughs> didn't you say something along the lines of the opposite and he says huh can't remember and <laughs> good lord dandy dandy crazy man crazy crazy so <laughs> got to talk about the coherence the coherence is actually very minimal but it's confirmed that space dandy actually beats coherence to a way that he actually exists in the center of every single timeline and universe and dimension to which anything can happen to him and he'll still return to the same dandy which does go back to me saying that it doesn't really matter what episode we're given we are constantly given the same dandy this is super super all the way throughout the entire show very very beautiful the storyline regardless of the fact that there was one storyline per episode i could not stop watching these episodes it it's it's like a drug to me <laughs> genuinely found myself literally watching these episodes on my phone in bed it was uh, it's, it's like a whole other world it's honestly something to marvel at it's beautiful every single planet and every single universe that they ever go to in this show is entirely co-different it kind of runs along the same one piece uh, thing in which there's so many islands that not a single island is the same as the last one this one is that but with planets it's uh, it is kind of a parody of cowboy bebop so in a way, I guess it follows that rather than One Piece. Well, you know, it's, it's what it is. The music in this show. I think, I think I'm gonna have to take a little break on my own song here to talk about the music in this show. So, never before have I listened to a soundtrack that has truly put me in a position where I really believed I was actually in space. Genuinely feeling like I was some kind of space pirate out here hunt, hunting aliens. Uh, sometimes not even hunting aliens, sometimes just trying to make their lives a little bit better, doing a little bit of the good, the good work. 
Space Dandy really puts you in a position where the music not only puts you in the mood of the area, but in the mood of the characters, to a point where you will genuinely find yourself at tears in, in an episode of damn Space Dandy <laughs> because of, of a song that's playing. And it's not just uh, something like that, it's how much the music of the show sets such a mood in a way that you would never even believe. The scenery of the show matches the music so flawlessly, so effortlessly, you'd almost believe that it was born to be together. The... Is there a beach episode? I'd say there's a beach episode. There's a good couple... Well, nah, I don't think there's a beach episode. Not yet. Not yet, but there's plenty of plot. Of course there's plot. It's space dandy. Is there a final awakening? Uh, yes, actually. The Aloha Oi, the spaceship that they fly, turns into a robot, turns into an actual giant mech, and I count that as a final awakening. So big points, memorable characters, dandy, cutie, meow, boobies. What more? <laughs> what more do you need, my man? That's, that's all you truly need in life. Three good friends and good rack. <laughs> Is there emotional moments? There definitely is. Is there music? There certainly is music. It's funny. I can't lie. Space Dandy actually honestly gets an entire 9 out of 10. So congratulations, Space Dandy. You win. Uh, I, I guess you get tired of 7 Deadly Sins. So have a great time, man. Alright. What was your favourite part of the show? Yeah. I kind of like that part too. My favourite part of the show was when I talked about titties. So, we're coming to the end of the show today, and I'd like to say I had a really good time talking about anime today with you all. Maybe in the future you could send me some recommendations of anime and I'd be very happy to oblige or tell you if I have or have not seen it. And even if I have, I'll give it a swift review. Maybe five or ten minutes, I might even add a little bit of a bonus corner so that I can put a recommended anime on the list and then review that a little bit. Up until then, my name is Best Boy, you're in the Weeaboo Corner, and now, get the hell out of my corner.